Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is podcast number 186. Uh, I'm Vince Travato, joined here on the set by the great man himself, Mr. Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you tonight? Pretty good. Hey, everybody. That was my Dr. Right. impression. That was a good one. Uh, it looks like we're still missing our uh, illustrious co-hosts, uh, Craig Mueller and uh, Chad Collins. I'm sure that they'll join us at some point during the show. Um, unless, Did you hear it all from Chad prior to taping here tonight? Is he going to make it? Um, he said he was... Uh, uh, coming up with new alternative ways of teaching America's youth. So, um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, Brewer baseball is important. America's youth is sort of important. So, I, I'm not sure which one's going to win out. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to make it to this taping. Uh, he did give a positive uh, kind of reinforcement that he would be able to attend uh, very soon, though, like in the next meeting or two. So, uh, stay tuned, okay. folks. Yeah, no, that'll be great. Great to have him back. Um, so in any event, Scott, this is an exciting week because for the first time in the calendar year of 2020, uh, there is a scheduled baseball game to, that is going to count in the standings that will take place. Uh, we're taping this on Sunday evening. Opening day uh, has been scheduled for this upcoming Friday where the Brewers kick off their 2020 season against the Chicago Cubs. Um, Scott, I didn't know if we were going to get here, and uh, I'm still kind of holding my breath until Friday just to make sure that we actually do. But what are your thoughts? I mean, we've got we've got baseball scheduled here this week. Yeah, it's um, it, it seems almost like kind of surreal. Like I guess at this point, like I'm just looking at it, I'm like it's been so long since we've had any like real baseball and real sports for that matter. I mean, normally if like if baseball is not there, you might be able to, you know fill the gap with football or, or something, but um, I, like, there's just nothing like, so, I mean, I, there's only so much like Cornell championships you can watch or whatever, where you're just like, give me real sports, please now. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's very, very exciting. I really hope that it works out. Um, and actually I have a quick surprise here. Um, I'd like to introduce our other co-host. Uh, Craigers is here. I think. Is he? Well, maybe he's not. Craig? Well, it was a good, it was a good run. I, I'm sure oh. our audience is going to be a little uh, on edge now for the rest of the show. But uh, he's well, here. Scott, he's yeah, a silent last, partner. That's all right, Scott. Uh, Scott, the last game of the uh, that baseball had that actually counted and wasn't just a spring training exhibition game was, you know, last year's World Series between the Nationals and the Astros. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is really exciting. It's been a number of months, obviously, and this year is going to be a bizarre year by any uh, by any measure. It's a 60-game season, as I'm sure all of our listeners know by this point. Um, there are going to be some new rules in place. There's going to be, uh, to start off the year at least, there's going to be 30 guys on the roster. Um, there is going to be a trade deadline that is coming up on – what day? What day is the trade deadline this year? I know it was moved, but um, let me see. I'll, I'll the intern uh, look it up, but yeah, you can keep going. I'll I'll find it. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a rule that in extra innings there will be a runner that starts off the inning at second base. Uh, there's going to be the obvious health-related rule changes, like 
no high-fiving, uh, no spitting, no um, going to your hand or with your hand to your mouth if you're a pitcher on the mound. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a, a, a bizarre year. And then, of course, the big one is that, of course, the 162-game schedule that was initially, you know, published was had to be thrown out. And this new 60-game schedule was implemented. And that schedule is going to be very focused on uh, central division teams, uh, both in the American League and the National League, in the Brewers' case. So there's going to be less traveling involved. So, you know, what do you make of some of these changes? And, and what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on kind of how this year is going to play out? Um, I, I don't want to underscore, like, obviously it's really important to do everything we can to stay safe and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I, I think that some of the stuff that they've kind of implemented – I, I don't, I think it's going to be like, kind of like the one way aisle at the grocery store. Like they're going to put down the, the thing and say, Oh yeah, you only go down this aisle one way, but like people are just going to kind of do what they want and they're not, there's not going to be any like major repercussions for it. Like it's just going to be a little bit like that. Like, I, I don't know. A lot of this is kind of window dressing, but it's still, you know, they're, they're doing what they can to ensure player safety, I guess. Um, so, so that's not a bad thing. The runner on second in extra innings, I think is stupid. Um, but, you know, strange times, whatever. Um, what else do we got? Oh, the um, the schedule, I think it said 27 of our first, like, 33 games are against the, I think it's Cubs, Cardinals, and Reds. So. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds right. Yeah. That's almost half your season right off the bat. And so it's really important. I know we say this every year, but it's really important for the Brewers to start strong. Like it's not going to be the type of thing. And that's going to be difficult this year more than ever because um, pitchers, especially like they're, they're under a lot of pressure to like, you know, get their arms stretched out and get ready and fine tune their mechanics and all that kind of fun stuff. It's a little bit easier for a hitter. It, it just is. But um, well, and, 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 and one, one thing with that too, really quick that we haven't really brought up yet is that the national league has adopted the designated hitter for 2020 as well. Um, so I guess pitchers have one less thing to worry about, but at the same time, it's a pretty dramatic change for, you know, a league that's been in existence since what, 1876 to suddenly adopt this rule. Right. Yeah, definitely. You would think that um, I don't know that that necessarily, it doesn't necessarily make, a National League manager's job easier. It just makes it different, I think. Like, you're going to have times where you're like, oh, okay, well, it's a, like, I can leave the pitcher out there. I don't have to worry about, like, the pitcher spot coming up in the order. Um, but at the same time, you're going to be looking at matchups close and late. So it's going to be wild. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, one other thing that I failed to mention in the, the kind of list of things, there are so many changes to go through for the year, but um, one other thing I did forget to mention is that there will be a taxi squad. So um, there will be, a, I, I guess that it's going to work where there are what 60 guys or no, I'm sorry, 45 guys total on a taxi roster. And there are going, there's going to be a, a, a squad up in Appleton that's training as well um, and ready to come up and be named to that 30 man major league roster. But um, you know, that's going to be a pretty short staff, team first of all and second um it's gonna it's gonna i think the one of the big challenges is that what happens when like you have a ton of guys from one team that may get infected so 
um, we can go through the list, but you know, the Brewers, I think were fairly lucky uh, early on. There weren't too many positive tests on the team. Uh, Luis Urias is probably the biggest name, but there were uh, unheld Perdomo, uh, Perdomo, I should say. And I think that that's it for the Brewers, but, you know, if they're those guys then are subject to the new COVID testing protocols, which means that they have to sit out for a minimum of 14 days, and they also have uh, to pass two tests uh, on separate days, showing that they're negative for COVID. Um, so, how do you think that the actual health restrictions or health rules that were put into place are going to affect things this year? Um, I, I guess it's hard for me to prognosticate. I guess, but. Um... It's it's weird because like you have all these people like they're supposedly going to be in a bubble or something like that. But like if someone introduces something, you know, accidentally to the bubble, then yeah, we could have like a, a full fledged outbreak and, and like a full team could legitimately drop out this year. Like that's definitely on the table. So that's the part that yeah. could yeah. be a little bit scary. Oh, and one thing I quick wanted to mention, um, you mentioned the taxi squad earlier for our younger listeners. Um, a taxi is kind of like an Uber or a Lyft. So just think of it as that. <laughs> unfamiliar with that yeah. term. Yeah, sorry. Generational challenges. Um, that's a good hey guys. Yeah, and, and you're, you're seeing some of those challenges that are already pro- kind of popping up. And, uh, you know, this is the week that the season is supposed to start, but the Toronto Blue Jays don't even know where they're going to be playing yet, uh, for sure, because the uh, government of Canada has said that the Blue Jays are not allowed to play. Uh, in the country due to their COVID restrictions. So they're looking for a home as we tape this. And it sounds like it's going to be in either uh, Buffalo, New York, where they've got a minor league team or uh, Dunedin, Florida, where their spring training complex is. But, um, you know, so that's, there, there are lots of challenges to be faced, but that being said, you know, it's an exciting week, I think just because there is going to be baseball and um, we'll see how this shapes up. I, I guess, I guess it does beg the question with a 60-game season, is this year, is this going to count as much as it would if the Brewers were to hypothetically win a World Series this year? Is it going to be as special uh, in 2020 as it was as it would have been, you know, in 2019 or 1982 or some other year? Uh, I think Craigers just jumped in. Um, Craigers, are you Oh, are you hey, Craig. Uh, Craigers? Yeah, keep getting everybody's hopes up. He was here. I heard him, I swear. Well, okay, if <laughs> I'll, I'll answer it. Um, on one hand, you know, we have had shortened seasons in the past and everyone is going to be facing the same challenges. So it is a level playing field. Having said that, um, I hate to say it, but no, it's not the same. Um, you know, it might be worth the same, but it's just not going to be, it's not going to be worth the same in my heart if this is like the first Brewers World Series championship year ever. It's just not it's not going to be able the same as like going through the entire 162 game season and all the trials and tribulations that go along with that. Now you could argue, yeah, well, there's plenty of trials and tribulations, Scott, there's a pandemic. I get it, but it's just not going to feel the same to me. And so with, with that in mind, it, it's, it, you can't completely discount it, but um, it's just not quite the same. Hey guys, can you hear yeah, me? I think- oh, hey Craig, Craig there you are. Yeah. Craig. All right. We're talking we're, yeah, no, we can hear you. We, we were just talking about whether or not uh, a Brewers championship here in 2020 would mean the same to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been listening. Yeah, I've been listening. I, I'm kind of sick of hearing right. that. Nothing against you guys. Just 
I think it's ridiculous. I mean, obviously the 2020 year altogether is going to be historic in many ways. The baseball season will probably be more remembered for being a whole mishmash of craziness if they're actually able to complete it. Um, I think it'll be the most memorable year ever. And the World Series, whoever's a World Series champion, is not going to be looked upon that much like with an asterisk that people are thinking. So I'm all for it. But if people are worried that the Brewers are going to win the World Series, then I think they've got more, more things to worry about. <laughs> It would yeah, be interesting to see in like, <laughs> like picture in the history books, like uh, the team celebrating the World Series and they all have masks on and they're throwing their ball caps in the air, but leaving their mask on, like it'll be, uh, it'd be interesting. Well, that's Brett interesting. Like, I, have se- I have seen some players wear masks on the field, but not a very high percentage yet. Um, what are you guys thoughts on how many players will be doing that or uh, once the season starts? I, I, I think very few, Craig. Uh, I think very few because number one, it's, you know, obviously it's not quite as easy to breathe or or as freeing uh, to be wearing a mask as opposed to not wearing a mask. And it's going to be hot, especially on fields in, you know, Texas and Arizona and Florida. But, um, you know, number two, I I just don't know that, that if I I don't know from the disease aspect, if it's as big of a risk outdoors in that type of environment, you know, it seems like hopefully the science is now, you know, been gathered enough to at least tell us that it, this thing spreads mostly indoors uh, for prolonged periods of time. So I, I think that you're probably going to find that people are going to be masked up inside places, but not outside. But that's just a guess. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I think if these practice games are any indicator, it's probably going to be um, not as many players wearing masks as you might have thought. I don't know that it matters really much either way. Um... I'm just hopeful that they're able to get the season in because, I mean, it would be pretty tragic if they started it and not finished it for any way. But I thought that was interesting that you guys tried to point out that an entire team could, like, opt out of the season or have to duck out. If that were to happen, I think the entire MLB season is going to be in peril. But we'll see. I don't. I mean, I think that that's the point of the 60-man rosters is that you can literally have half of the 60 guys on your 60-man roster, so to speak, be out with this and still be able to field a team, so to speak. Um, so I think that's why they have that. And I'm sure that there might even be, if it got really desperate, I'm sure that they might even be able to, you know, have, you know, call up other guys sitting at home that aren't part of the 60 at some point. I don't think it'll get to that, but I think that's the whole point of the 60 man rosters, which is a good idea. And it does sound like, um, you know, for the 30 people that aren't going to be making the team, as you guys are calling the taxi squad, they are going to be, you know, playing kind of similar to what the Brewers are playing this last week. It's just kind of daily scrimmages against one another to kind of stay f- sharp and fresh and uh, have their arms all stretched out and all that good stuff. Um, just out of curiosity, have you, either of you guys been able to check out any of the, uh, whatever they're calling them, gold, blue and gold World Series scrimmages here that have been televised through Emma or Brewers.com in the last week? So I didn't check out the blue and gold series, but the first one that was uh, televised, I did. I did watch. It was before there was sound, though, so it was just like the uh, the, the video. But um, so that's the only thing that I was able to watch. Okay. Live. I, I I saw clips of the other stuff, but not. Live. Yeah, I've been seeing. I've been watching at least three of I think the five that they played so far, uh, almost in their entirety. Couple of takeaways, I guess. Um, I, I they're, they're piping in crowd noise uh, in key situations, and not not only that, but I think they're going to do it um, even even just as background noise all the time, as if like you know that you know 
crowd noise of just like chattering and talking and whatnot, I think it's, and I think it's actually going to help uh, the players feel like a little bit more normal and even the viewers at home watching, I think. And again, they've got some kinks to work out with that as far as like the enthusiasm levels. I'm sure they're going to have to have to have good audio guys working throughout the, uh, the country on these in stadiums, but I think it'll work out. Um, we'll see. It should be interesting. Um, as far as the Brewers themselves, a uh, couple of takeaways, Brandon Woodruff, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of his, but he absolutely looks like an ace in the, the, the innings I saw him pitch. So I'm really excited about him. The other guy who really impressed me was Carbon Burns in the few innings he pitched. He looked absolutely lights out. And, um, yeah, so I'm excited about the team overall. And, and they had a couple of guys mic'd up, which was pretty fun to watch. And, of course, the highlight of that was, like, Brent Suter was awesome on, on the microphone. But Ed Cedar, Brock Holt were mic'd up and a bunch of other guys, and it was it was pretty cool. Um, and I think it was kind of an entertaining uh, thing to try out. So I was pretty impressed by it. Check it out. I think you might be able to check them out um, here after the fact, but I'm not sure. But obviously we want to get the season started here. And we're, the, you know, Brewers opening day is this week, Friday. Pretty excited about it. So it looks like it's going to be Woodruff against Kyle Cal uh, Hendricks of the Cubs for, for our opening day at Wrigley. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that, but I think it's why not open with a big series right away and get off to a good start. No, it's, it's going to be really exciting. But first of all, I, do you guys think that the crowd noise is going to be louder at Tampa Bay games and Miami games than normal seasons? They're piping it in. It almost half me. <laughs> I mean, by def by by definition, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think. Uh, no, Craig, I'm I'm very excited about the opening series. Uh, Scotty had pointed out uh, prior to you jumping on that you know it's really imperative that the team starts hot this year with you know such a limited schedule. It's it's every game counts. You know what three times more than a normal game would. So it's it's pretty pretty exciting like you said because it is going to be a, a just kind of a, a sprint um instead of a marathon like normal season so it's it's kind of a just completely different uh creature as far as i can tell but uh yeah very excited i think woodruff looks great um uh, I've, I've i've been kind of a fan of his for a long time i think that woodruff is uh definitely going to be the ace of this staff um and and yeah, we're I'm very ready to see him face the Cubs and hopefully get a, a good start for the team under their belts on Friday. Yeah, I think um, so. So we had mentioned earlier, 27 of our first 33 games are against uh, Reds, uh, Cubs, and Cardinals. So so it's it's really important to get a hot start. And not only that, but um, uh, to circle back, the trade deadline is August 31st. So you're coming right up to the trade deadline once you're done with that stretch of 33 games. So um, it makes it even more important that you have that really hot start for sure. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to mention is uh, the thing that we should be really thrilled with. Um, at, right now, I don't think that we have any injuries at all. Like, is that possible? I know Brett Anderson has a blister. Um, Keston Hero was dealing with uh, arm fatigue for a little while, but it, it, they're hoping that he's going to be fine by opening days. So, I mean, other than that, like there just really isn't much to talk about on the injury front, which well, is a, a great thing. Yeah. The only injuries would be the guys on the COVID list. So Luis Urias, who said, apparently when he spoke to reporters, uh, like our colleague, Tom Hodgecord, he said that he felt fine, but you know, it's still tested positive. So he, and he's still within that 14 day window. So he's got to stay at home until, uh, the two negative tests for COVID, uh, 
on non-consecutive days. So that's, uh, you know, the big, the big name, I guess. It's not going to be ready for opening day probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's definitely, and a, and a lot of guys that were going to start this season, I'm not sure, is Eric Lauer also injured or something? I, I thought that there was something, but I, yeah, I, he, I pitched some so, today. Yeah, Lauer, he, Lauer did not test positive for COVID, but Lauer was in contact with someone who tested positive. So as a precaution, they kept him out of camp, uh, but he did show up and pitch today. That was his first uh, action, though, at all. So I think it remains to be seen if he's going to be on the roster or not to start the season. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that he's actually got COVID or is injured or sick at all. And then um, as long as we're kind of doing this, I, I guess I'm just going to rattle off this list really quick um, as far as people that have opted out this year which um, a lot of them have some really good reasons for wanting to opt out. Like their wives are pregnant. They want to be there to like, I don't know, see their kid be born and grow up for, so yeah, I could see some people wanting to do that. Um, other people have their own reasons and whatever the reason is, like if you don't want to play baseball, like it's kind of like if you don't want to go to work someday or something like that, or you have a better, something better to do, like fine. Like I, I'm totally fine with any of it. Even if your reason is like, I just don't feel like playing baseball. I'm fine with that too. So with that being said, uh, the people that have opted out so far, uh, Mike Leake, Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross, Ian Desmond, David Price, Tyson Ross, Felix Hernandez, Nick Markakis, Buster Posey, um, Michael Kopech, and Jordan Hicks, uh, uh, the fireballing uh, reliever for the St. Louis Cardinals. That's kind of the big one within the division, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm sure I'm probably missing some as obviously this gets updated day to day. Um, and then for me personally, um, on my fantasy team, I drafted Yasiel Puig, who signed with the Braves. And I thought, wow, in the middle of that order, that's going to be good for fantasy points. And then he instantly popped positive for COVID and they canceled his contract. He didn't even make it to the signing, Scott. I know. It was rough. But, um, yeah, I hope he pulls through like, also and probably finds a new home. Or maybe they'll re-sign him. Who knows? So, guys, uh, I, I do want to throw this out here as part of the show here today. Um, if we have to project a Brewers win number in the 60-game season, let's hear your predictions. Um, Scotty, let's start with you. Um, I'll say 34 wins. That's very – All right very um optimistic but remember how we said hey we have a dh this year i remember how like i don't know four months ago we were talking about in spring training on how we had an overload in the outfield and we had all these extra bench bats and we didn't know how we were going to find that bats for all these people well we have a dh now problem solved like stern's had it all figured out all along so um i feel really optimistic about this team i, I think that the the it, it's just gonna be a good team I'll go Figures. with I'll go with 33 wins. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm going to be a tad more optimistic than you guys. I'll go with 35. We'll say that the weirdness of this year will be good for the Brewers. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with 35. Hey, did we get a guy? Did you get a number count from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, about how many wins he's predicting? Um, he did not give a prediction. Well, he made one quote bold prediction. I'm air quoting that. Um, he said he could guarantee, he said, you know, bet it in Vegas if you can. Um, he said there will not be a 100-win team this year. 
in MLB. So, like, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Tom. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tom. Always coming through. <laughs> well, thanks to our anonymous source. Okay, so we'll mark him down for uh, ninety-nine, and then uh, I don't. I won't say a lot of the project the projected standings that some of these places like Fangraphs and other other people are coming up with for the NL Central in particular seem kind of exciting. I think that they've pretty much got us, the Cardinals, Cubs, and Reds all within like three games of each other, which really means just from day one, every game, and especially against their NL Central opponents, of, uh, are going to be huge. So, I, Well, yeah, I can see, I can see baseball that. having gone through all these like rule changes to make sure that like time on the field is limited, like the stupid rule about – putting a runner on second base uh, in extra innings to start an inning. And then all these teams, because there's so few games, end up, like, tied on the last day of the season have to play, like, three or four different tiebreaker scenarios and just add to the, you know, drama that way. So it should, should, should be a very interesting season. It already is, really. Well, you remember every year that they always talk about, like, whoa, what if there's, like, a three- or a four-way tie for a wild card or something like that? And we always think, wow, what a crazy scenario that would be. Well, with a 60-game season – uh, that scenario comes – it becomes much more likely. So uh, it could well, get – Well, not only a 60-game season, but so many so many games against teams in your division. You know, it's like yeah. half of the season is going to be just against teams, like, in your in your division. And, um, you know, I know we play the Cardinals and Cubs and Pirates and Reds a lot in other years, but not to this degree. So it's, it's even more likely mathematically that that's going to happen this year. Yep. And I really think that the Brewers are going to use um, the, the tradition they already kind of started in the last couple of years as, you know, they keep calling them out-getters. But outside of Woodruff um, pitching every five days, maybe six innings or so, uh, I think the rest of the pitchers are going to just be relied on to get through three or four innings, and then the next guy will come in. So it'll be a very non-traditional season, I think. that, uh, And this won't just be the Brewers, but I think, unfortunately, because of the short season and the uh, the short time to ramp up pitchers, you know, toward a hundred pitcher pitches besides those like true aces, like maybe like mass and Bumgarner types, not, none of these guys are really going to probably be pitching past five innings. So I really believe that bullpens are going to make or break the good teams this season. I think the Brewers are positioned well because of it. Not only that, and the teams with depth that's starting pitcher, which the Brewers might not, you know, what they lack in quality, they definitely have in quantity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and it really does kind of play to this this team's strengths, the way that it's set up like that. I mean, I, I really think that they're going to be able to um, – like, you're not going to have, like, a lot of, I guess, stars uh, on this particular Brewers team. But, like, uh, we always talked about how the depth was really important, and there's a lot of people that are going to be able to step up and uh, do a lot for this team this year. Yeah, well, I, 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 I agree. I, I think it's going to be really big to have both Garcia and Braun's bats in the lineup every day. You know, going into spring training uh, initially, it was maybe Ryan Braun can play some uh, first base and platoon and, you know, play four or five days a week. But um, with the DH in effect, I think that really extends uh, Braun's ability to contribute to the team this year. And I guess back to the injury thing, Braun really has he even gotten on the field yet. I don't know. But, I mean, if he's only going to DH, I, I don't know how, how well, you know, he needs to get up to speed where you know, he probably could be ready by next weekend, but um, it'll be interesting. Um, I think Brett Anderson was supposed to pitch the second game of the season initially and whether or not his blister holds him from that, I don't know, but he piggybacked in, I think, I think the second of these scrimmages with 
Corbin Burns, and he, he had to leave early with the blister, and Corbin Burns looked absolutely amazing. So I'm really excited about both him and Woodruff going this year. I'm also excited about Freddie Peralta and what, you know, uh, what role he's going to have on this team is I think he could really have a, um, a more of a breakout year even this year too. So And even guys that we haven't even seen much of, like Eric Lauer, who we, of course, acquired this offseason, and also a free agent signing like Josh Lindblom, um, I mean, there's a lot of guys and a lot of unknowns, but there's a lot, a lot of things, uh, new toys for the Brewers to be excited out, about and in, in even more development with their young guns, so to speak. Do you guys think um, that there's any chance that, um, like right now, I, I think Josh Hader is slotted to be the closer again this year. Um, do you think that that's going to be the case throughout the entire year? Or do you think that um, if, let's say, someone like Corey Knabel is able to step up and, and show that they're um, that they're return to form so to speak uh that they might be able to inherit the closer role and josh Hader would kind of go back to that sort of fireman role or uh, what do you guys well think yeah yeah scott you you hit it on the head i mean josh Hader wasn't the closer until Corey knabel got injured uh and and was out for such a prolonged period of time that he obviously stepped into that role admirably if uh if the josh Hader though of my rbi baseball 2020 game is any indicator he should not be closing this year he should maybe be in like later innings of relief and used strategically like Andrew Miller was. Yeah. And that's what they did two years ago. And, and I think that to be quite honest, I think Josh Hader was more valuable in that role two years ago for the Brewers playoff run than he was last year as just a closer. So the Knable back and experience, I wouldn't be surprised, um, especially like he can just totally neutralize any, especially big uh, left-handed hitters coming up in the opposing team in particular. Not, I mean, uh, so, the, you know, you know, if you play the Cubs and all of a sudden you got a lead in the, around the seventh or eighth inning, but then, you know, Anthony Rizzo's coming up next inning, why not use Josh Hader that inning? Because if you get past that part of the lineup, you're probably going to be pretty okay with Knabel finishing it out. So I wouldn't be surprised to answer your question, Scott, that they went back to that route. But I think they're still going to give it a little bit of time with Josh Hader still in that role just for, you know, to make sure Corey Knabel is – raring to go so to speak and because that's not a guarantee per se and, and that closer role is going to be even more important this year because you know you're going to have a guy coming in i guess in extra innings um in some cases so maybe just the the guy who whoever would normally pitch your 10th inning is going to be even more important because you're going to be starting with a runner on second base um so you've got to find a guy that's able to to pitch out of jams essentially even one that he didn't create and uh, just inherited unintentionally yeah, I think I think the way that Hayner is used is going to be really interesting to me this particular year because, um, one, I mean, obviously, you're not going to really have to worry about innings per se. Like, he's not going to, um, you know, he's not going to throw 150 innings, obviously, in a 60-game year. So, um, obviously, he, he's going to have much less innings thrown. Having said that, we used to utilize him in a way that we could say, all right, you're going to throw two innings today. We're going to give you off tomorrow. Or you're going to throw two and a third today. Uh, we'll we'll schedule you to have off tomorrow or we have an off day tomorrow anyway so that's fine but now with such limited off days um, we're not going to be able to utilize that so I don't know if it's going to be you'll see more appearances from Hayter but he's only going to throw like one inning basically or if we're going to use him for multiple innings because we you know and just make sure that he gets like that sort of day off in between I'm not sure how they're going to do it
Yeah, but I, I do yep. think the Brewers are going to have one of the strongest bullpens in the entire NL and definitely the NL Central. Um, I mean, if you look at the Cubs bullpen with, you know, a pretty much over the hill, Craig, Craig, Craig Kimbrell as their closer and really not that much depth. I mean, I think they, they're even considering Jeremy Jeffers, who couldn't even make our team anymore, to be like their setup guy possibly. So, and the Cardinals definitely, I don't even think they know who their closer is going into this year. So, I mean, I, I just think the Brewers have a leg up in that regard. I think that'll be huge this season. Well, let's hope so, guys. It's uh, it's down to the wire. And um, Scott, were you able to get any information from our intern regarding uh, when the trade deadline is this year? Yeah, August thirty first. Okay, great. I, I kind of slipped it in there when I was talking about the twenty seven of thirty three games right off the bat, that big crunch of schedule, I, I, and then the. I will trade say deadline. that. Oh, sorry, Scott. I will say that I think this year's trade deadline will be like the quietest trade deadline ever, probably. But I mean, we'll see. Um, it, could, it could be the opposite, or it could just be average. We'll see. But I have a funny feeling that you know, uh, people aren't going to go kind of all in because of this. Because of the reason you kind of mentioned, like, this, is this what our fans really want in World Series this year? For us to go all in with all our cards this year, or should we kind of just see where the cards fall, so to speak, as they're already aligned? So we'll see. Yeah, and, and so many teams are likely to still be in it, you know, with that small of a schedule, uh, especially at that point in the year. You'd really have to play pretty poorly your first, you know, 30 games to, to not have a chance uh, at something this postseason. Yeah, but uh, having said that, like, if you're a team like, um, I don't know, the Orioles or, or something like that, who, you know, probably doesn't have much of a chance to, to make the playoffs this year, um, wouldn't you just say, hey, everybody that's – where if it's the final year of your contract, like we're going to deal as many people as we can. I guess that's probably the same just about every year where they want to get rid of all those pieces, but um, we could see less trades and probably less trades involving a bunch of different teams, but there could be a few teams out there that would just say like, Hey, we're going to blow it up. Just out of curiosity, you guys, which of the NL central teams, and sorry, Pirates fans, but I'm kind of leaving your team out of this. Which of the NL Central teams worry you the most this going into this year? The Cubs, the Cardinals, or the Reds? The Pirates, man. They yeah. always kill us. Pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say I know the popular answer right now is Cincinnati. I'm going to say the Cardinals actually scare me the most. Ah. I hate it when we agree. No, I'd say Cardinals. Cardinals have a lot of young, talented arms. And, um, yeah, I just think that they know how to win close and late. The Brewers know how to win close and late. Uh, the Reds, uh, have, they've got a great team on paper. It'll be interesting to see if they could put it all together. And the Cubs, I think, have already peaked. Um, I know that it, people are still kind of on that bandwagon a little bit, but um, I think they're past their prime. I actually agree with you guys. I was going to say the Cardinals too, but I could default to the Reds just because I think that they have a chance to be a team this year. And I guess none of us are saying the Cubs, and I, I agree with that. I'll actually go on record and saying that I think the Cubs will finish under 500 this year. And their bullpen's not very good. Their offense is aging, and their um, their rotation is really kind of top heavy, and, uh, and that's about it. So we'll see. Uh, but, I mean, it's still going to be pretty sweet to beat the Cubs, especially this opening weekend, next weekend, just to have baseball back. Um, 
I, I don't know. We had, it looks like we still have about six minutes to remain, remain here, Scott. But real quick, I'm gonna th- uh, you guys probably didn't hit on this already, but what are your thoughts? And I know this affects you uh, out in Washington, D.C., um, Vince, but it looks like the Nationals were considering uh, or exploring possibly playing somewhere else, but they are going to now play at their home stadium in D.C., which is nice. But the Blue Jays, on the other hand, are not going to be able to play, um, at least the start of the year, it looks like, uh, in Tor- their home games in Toronto. And I'm sure they're going to end up somewhere like Buffalo at their AAA site or something. But uh, what are your guys' overall thoughts on if this is going to come up more again or even, uh, I guess, your overall thoughts on, on these type of crazy situations? Um, yeah, we had talked about it briefly, but I, you know, I, I don't know that uh, – it's going to change once the season starts. You know, I tend to think that once they start playing in a place that they're probably just going to maintain that. Um, if I had to guess where Toronto is going to play, I, I'll, I'll say Buffalo. I just think it makes more sense. It's closer to the original fan base. So in the event that there are fans eventually allowed into games here in 2020, um, it would make some more sense. And also just because Florida is such a, unfortunately such a COVID hotspot right now, um, it would make way more sense, I think, to put the Jays in Buffalo than it would be in, you know, like, need in Florida, their um, spring training home. And as far as DC goes, I'm, you know, very excited. Obviously, it doesn't really affect things too much in the sense that we can go to games. Um, but I was glad to see that the Nats are going to be playing, you know, out in their home ballpark. And it's weird to think that, you know, five days from now, uh, the Yankees are coming here to Washington, DC and playing the Nationals and nobody's going to be going. Like, you know, last year, I remember um, I went to a Yankees Nationals game that was just a spring training exhibition game, uh, even before opening day, and it was <laughs> really exciting. And a lot of fans showed up, and uh, it was it was cool. So um, it's weird to think that they're going to be here in five days and nobody's going to go. Yeah, I, I guess I mean Buffalo seems geographically like a really good place for um, for them to end up, um, but if um, the uh, Blue Jays, that is. But um, it, it would be really cool, even though it would make absolutely no sense to give it to, like, um, I don't know, like, Iowa or something like that. I mean, even though they wouldn't even have fans that would be able to attend, like, I think that would be really cool, like, just to um, have them kind of hosting a team for once or something like that. But, no, geographically, that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, Buffalo seems fine. But, but, Scott, it was the Canadian government that put the – put their foot down about the blue jays it wasn't like the city of toronto it was the canadian government so ottawa wouldn't work what no not ottawa iowa oh iowa i think (laughs) oh no sorry no no it's definitely canada that's yeah that's um coming up with this that's why i don't think it's going to be an issue with any other um cities or teams or anything like that but i guess you never know um I mean, even here, it seems like, I think last we checked, there's like 14 states in a red zone or something or whatever that means. So, yeah, I guess anything's possible. Yeah, including Wisconsin, I think, now. Hey, Nevada, we're on the list. Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, stay, stay safe out there. But, uh, yeah, guys, it's going to be exciting. Do you, uh, do you have any plans for the game itself? What, what are you going to be doing for it to celebrate? I can tell you that out here, uh, we are going to grill brats on Friday evening. I will be wearing a Christian Yelich jersey uh, or a brewer, or maybe by Sheffield. I haven't uh, decided yet, but we will be uh, most definitely watching the game live, and uh, we will grill out to celebrate. 
I plan on grilling safe at home. Uh, probably brats, but maybe ribs. Um, ribs isn't one of those things that I do when I'm tailgating, but like if I'm at home, like why not? All right, Scotty. Good work. Greg? All right. I'm hoping to be able to listen in while I'm quote unquote working from home. Um, we'll see. <laughs> or is it a is it a Friday evening game? I thought it was a Friday afternoon, but I'm not even sure. I think it's at night. Oh, okay. Should be good then. I'll at least be listening to it in some fashion. Be, be looking forward to listening to Bob Euchre on the radio again. While he's... Yeah, 7.10 uh, p.m. DC uh, time, so 6.10 by you. Awesome. All right. All right, we'll stay clapping, yeah. Dallas. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Baseball this week. <laughs> Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Here, guys. <laughs> Hey, Scott, if you need to, just plug this in. Uh, don't forget to give us a follow at Brew Crew Review 1 on Twitter or send us any email questions, Brew Crew Review Podcasts with an S at gmail.com. I might do it. I don't know. Go, Brewers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go. Hey!